Hey everyone, pardon my appearance. Um, it's been a very long week and the world is ending. So I didn't exactly put my face on. This podcast, this particular episode is going to be very controversial for a lot of you people listening or watching because it is centered around the gay community, the bi community, the trans community, the whole fucking alphabet. You guys have seen, I think, the kind of trend that I'm that I'm going down right now. I don't expect this to be a permanent thing. But it's relevant right now. And and here's the thing. It wouldn't be so relevant. It wouldn't be relevant at all if people weren't trying to fuck with the minds of innocent, dumb children. That's the thing. That, like, it's the, that's people are drawing the line in the sand. And it's not just cis, hetero, normative, quote, whatever word is used to describe normal people. It's not just us. It's also people from within the community. They are drawing the line in the sand because people in very high places are starting to fuck with children openly and brazenly. And they're they're passing policies and laws that make this legal, which is fucking weird. And it can't happen. We can't. And the reason, you know, a lot of you are going to probably give me some flack for calling kids dumb just a few seconds ago. But here's the thing. We were all there. All of us were once a child. And all of us were once kind of, look, kids are dumb and they're, it's not because they're like, that doesn't mean that they're unworthy of, of anything. It just means that they don't know anything. They're brand new people. They have no idea what planet they're on for most of their, their tiny little lives. Okay. They don't know anything. All they know is what us, the, the big people are telling them. And right now, the big people, the people that they trust to give them the right information are lying to them and screwing with their tiny little brains and putting all this weird degenerate garbage into it. And it's not going to end up well. You don't need to be a psychologist to see that. You don't you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a rocket surgeon. This is this is very, very easy and plain to see that this is going to blow up in our faces it's going to be kind of like when the science industry thought um, lobotomies were a good idea, except this is so much fucking worse because this is we're doing this tiny little children um, and we're cutting body parts off and chemically castrating them at very young ages. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. And, and if you don't think it's disgusting and if you think it should be normalized or glorified or um, rationalized, then, then you're, you're enabling, you are directly enabling child abuse. You are directly enabling rich, powerful pedophiles who, who want this. They want to make this happen so that it's normal and they can just have free reign over, over children. That's a real thing. It's a real thing. You can call it a QAnon conspiracy theory. You can call me names or whatever. I don't, I don't care what losers, um, say about me on Twitter. You can do that. You can go on Twitter and say, things and, and call me names and stuff it's real pedophiles are real they're all over the place they're in office all around the fucking world and uh and you guys enable them if you're one of those people who are like oh well, we should give this a chance you are enabling that you're enabling people who want to rape children um so shame on you you should be ashamed of yourself uh you should be you should count yourself very very lucky that society allows you um out of the house i don't know why we do but, you know, it's a free country and uh, you're free to walk around, evidently. Um, anyway, 
you're you're enabling that you're you're enabling those people uh and say what you want about me I, it's whatever um it's real it's, it's a real problem you are letting it happen you are helping it along and you should be ashamed you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself you should be disgusted with your existence um you won't be because if you're one of these people you're probably completely amoral um you probably can't think there's a large contingent of people in the u.s who can't think for themselves um so you're probably one of them but not nevertheless you know that's neither here nor there you should be absolutely disgusted with your existence you should be ashamed uh, and for the rest of you who are who can think and you're on kind of the right side of history over here um welcome back i'm so glad you're here i love you to death and i hope you enjoy this episode thank you so much for tuning in see you on the other side Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Here's Why podcast. I'm your host, Chuck, here with you as always. So glad to be here. Uh, I do apologize. I know I probably look like a uh, homeless person who hasn't slept in three days. It's been a hell of a week over here. Uh, We're all, you know, everybody's busy. I'm not going to give you a whole sob story, but uh, it has been a hell of a week. Um, Not in a bad way. I've had a great time. I've got... um, Got a lot of cool stuff on the plate. It's just a full plate and it's, uh, it really takes it out of you. So I appreciate your patience and I appreciate your presence. I'm, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, like, follow, share, download, do all that cool stuff. Get me on um, all of my, get onto all of my social media stuff. I'm at Instagram um, at the Here's Why Pod. I am on Twitter. At here's why Chuck. I don't use my Twitter, y'all. I'm <laughs> I'm going to start for sure using Twitter a lot more. Um, I I hate social media as it is. It's just taking me a while to really get engaged um, on the Twitter. I'm on TikTok at here's why Chuck. I am on Patreon at Chuck from the Here's Why podcast. <laughs> that uh, that sh- might change here in a little bit too. There's also not too much going on uh, on my Patreon at the moment. There will be some goodies uh, if you guys do decide to um, purchase a membership to my Patreon. You'll get some behind-the-scenes stuff. You will get episodes a day early. You know, you'll get some extra little goodies here, and then plus, I get little, I get a little kickback and uh, keeps the lights on. Helps me to keep bringing you guys this content. And uh, so, you know, I would appreciate if you did that. You don't have to. I, I appreciate you being here either way. Um, my guest today, I'm having, I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. In fact, I know I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. I'm continuing down the rabbit hole of LGBTQIA ampersand Kellogg's box, you know, community. <laughs> I, I want to figure, figure out what is going on. Um, and as a typical straight white male, you know, it's not easy to voice your opinions about these types of things right now. Not that I give a shit. Uh, I would do it, you know, I would do it anyway. And I do, but it's, that's already been done. And I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of missed opportunity um, among the gay community, among the LGBT community. You know, there's, uh, there's many people within the community who want to speak out the same way that I have, Um, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to speak out against 
the crowd when you're a member of the crowd. You know, it's a scary thing to do. And that could be for anything. That could be for a sports team or a frat that you're in or, a, you know, a military debt or platoon or unit for my military folks out there. It's, it's We all know how hard that can be to be the, the one guy that stands up among the crowd and says, hey, I, you know, I don't think we're doing this the right way. It's That's not an easy thing to do. But there are many members of the community that want desperately to speak out. And that's why I invited my guest. Her name's Meg. If she wants to disclose her name, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to let her introduce herself the way that she wants to. Her wife may or may not be joining us as well. I I told them that, you know, the more the merrier. Um, So maybe we'll get two guests on today. That'd be great. Um, But either or I'm, I'm happy that they're here and I'm excited to talk to them. Uh, they are active members of the LGB, I think LGB community or LGBT. I don't know where to stop. They're they're members of the community, and they're they're wonderful people. They're also members of an organization called GAG, G A G, Gays Against Groomers. Um, I like this. I like this organization a lot. I like it for a bunch of reasons. One, it's called GAG, which is a funny word. So right off the bat, you know, you're having a good time. Two, Gays Against Groomers is exactly what it sounds like. It's a, a group of people from within the community who who don't like where the movements are going. They don't like uh, how, how insane, how seemingly insane we've decided to, uh, to tolerate Um Maybe that's not the best way to put it, but you guys know what I'm saying. You know, it, it, it is crazy how far this has come and it's getting crazy enough to where, you know, people, like I said, from within the community are starting to speak out about it. And I, for one, am very, very excited to see this because this is, I think this is what the conservative end has been screaming about for a long time. Now there's some noisy conservatives out there. There's some very overzealous ones who are kind of like, you know, just really kind of annoying and and pompous and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're just they're they're so like this word is on the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Not contradictory. God damn it! This is gonna fucking bother me now if I can't remember this. Hmm. Whatever, they're assholes. <laughs> they're they they're just they they have a tendency to be real assholes about it. Um, and I think the more level-headed uh, members of the conservative, you know, end of things, really for the most part, they've kind of been screaming out for the gay community to start, you know, writing the ship, so to speak. I, I think. It's been more of a, you know, hey guys, get your house in order because shit's getting weird. You know, uh-oh. Perfect timing. Wow. Okay, hang on. Let me let me let you in really quick. How you doing? Good. How are you? Finally, I'm, we're here. I'm great. Yeah, I'm so happy to finally meet you. I know we've been trying to get this on the books for a while, and we're both pretty, uh, pretty busy. But I'm, I'm so thankful to have you on, and I'm really excited to, uh, to run through a couple of these questions that I have for you. Want to just dive right into it, or you want to give uh, an introduction? Um, I wish I had better lighting over here. I look. Oh, you look great. 
I just introduced you as Meg, um, just for privacy's sake. I didn't want to give like full names or anything. I just like, uh, yeah, I guess I'd like you to introduce yourself however you see fit. Okay. Well, I'm Meg Martinez. I'm co-director of Chapters with Gaze Against Groomers, and I'm from the LA County area in California. I help run all the chapters with my other co-director for the entire organization. And also my wife is the current California chapter lead as well. Wow. Outstanding. Um, so Gays Against Groomers, I was telling my, my listeners in the introduction, um, I, I love this organization. I love it for uh, a bunch of reasons. You guys have an awesome acronym. So right off the bat, it's attention grabbing and uh, you're automatically having a good time. But you guys you guys have been stirring the pot in, in all the right ways, in my opinion. Um, how long have you guys been around? So we actually just had our one year anniversary. It was on June 7th and we're officially a little over a year old and have our nonprofit status. We're already creating waves. We have hundreds of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers all across all of our platforms. And the amount of support that we've been getting from everybody is just phenomenal. Awesome. Awesome. Have you noticed have you noticed an equal amount of support from within the community that you that you've been getting from outside or, or what do you think it depends uh if it's a setting where we're just kind of talking one-on-one -on -one, typically we can kind of see eye to eye but no <laughs> within the community we definitely do not get a lot of support but those that do are extremely grateful. Not everybody can come and join the organization and be as outwardly public as most of us are because of professions and whatever, have you not, but they do always come back and thank us and wish that there's something that they can do to help, which spreading our message is help enough. Well, that's fantastic. And um, it's interesting that you, you put it that way. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in a very, very diverse area where all of the cultures, all of the skin colors, all of the orientations, you know, I was exposed to all of that at a very young age. So none of this is is like new to me. You know, it was never foreign to me at all. Um, and it was pretty well accepted from, you know, from my perspective where I was growing up. But it seemed that, you know, the people who I knew who were members of, of certain communities, they flocked to the community itself to feel safe to feel like they were like they belonged here on on the rock with the rest of us you know they they found themselves surrounded by a group of like-minded people which i think we all appreciate but what it sounds like you're saying is that now now gays against groomers has to be that for people within the community because it's it's probably scary and i mentioned this um in the introduction as well it's a scary thing to do to to be a member of a team, so to speak, or a member of a fraternity or a group, and to be the guy or girl that stands up and says, wait a minute, I, I don't think we're doing the right thing here. That's a scary, it's not easy, you know? Um, so my hat's off to you guys. Is that, do you feel like a lot of people are kind of coming to you in almost like a refugee state? Yes, definitely. The general consensus of the people that I talk to when they first join our organization is like, oh my God, gay people who are of like mind that have the ability to cognit cognitively think. And, you know, right. I we get that a lot of, finally, we're not an echo chamber because we definitely are not. We have all walks of life when it comes to our organization, whether you're right or left, religious, not religious, whatever it have you. And 
the one unifying thing between, you know, even heterosexual people versus us, they see the difference. They see the correlation of the crazy, like, TQ+, plus, not all the Ts, but, like, the crazy ones. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then the LGB and T who are like, wait, 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 no. <laughs> we don't want to be yeah. lumped in with that. So there's a line that we can all cross together and just come together and seeing the amount of overwhelming support that we do get from our gay community is really heartwarming and it's so thankful to have that support because we wouldn't be able to fight this without it yeah yeah well i think um i think it's going to take a lot of like you said it's going to take a lot of banding together and a lot a lot more voices like yours so that's why i'm so excited to see you guys doing the work that you're doing um Let's dive right in here because I, I I put down a few bullet points for us. Um, so you strike me as someone who has been uh, a member, an active member of the community for for quite a long time. Is this is this is kind of a lifelong uh, thing for you and and probably the the misses as well. Yeah. So I came out when I was twenty twenty one officially. I'm now forty one. Uh, my wife, same with her, her most of her life. She's now 45, came out when she was about the same age. And we fought for gay marriage, especially within here in California. We fought twice, <laughs> one for Prop 8 in 2008 and then again in 2015. And, you know, we wanted to pack it up, go home, live our lives, get married, have all the same rights, and that was it. And then all of this gender ideology started coming into play, and it's been a gradual thing. And now it's just gone to such extremes that you Mm -hmm. can't help not to do something. Like, you have to do something about it because they're tearing our community that we built apart and ostracizing those of us who gave them the platform in order for them to be able to make these radical statements and these board with all of these radical laws that they're doing so we gave them that platform and now we're being ostracized because we want to stay the way that we helped make it wow so we've been out for a long time and just to see the evolution of the lgbt community grow the gay community grow i don't even recognize it anymore and i haven't since maybe 2015 2016 it's just I don't know what this is. This was not something mm-hmm. that we were a part of. It was more of like a family at one point. You know, sometimes the gay boys were over there and the lesbians were over here, but you know, we always kind of came back together, especially in the 90s. Like we came back together early 2000s, we really fought for things together, supported each other. And then yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, well, the, thank you for that that response. But my next question was um was when did you when did you start to notice uh, a big change within the community? You mentioned about 2015, 2016. Is that when you started to see the ship kind of like turning course, or was there any like was there any indicator that things were starting to kind of slip down downhill, or did it just kind of come out of nowhere? I feel like it, little by little, and it it seemed to just kind of creep up on you, and then all of a sudden it was like the bomb went off. I really didn't want to see it. My wife was the one who was really following it, especially with everything going on um, in the UK and in Western Europe and seeing the explosion of the kids coming out as trans and getting medicalized. And she was just like, it's going to come over here. And I'm like, I don't want to know because I already know me. I'm like, I'm going to jump full force into it. And then that's exactly what happened. So I think officially, like I noticed it because she was noticing it, but it's really hard not to notice it unless you don't want to see it and then 
2017 happened and it was just getting insane with what was going on with the schools and you know by that point we had lost our entire friend circle because we're just like we're not a part of that community Mm -hmm. we want to be a part of that community Mm -hmm. and they're like within our own community and we're just like no we're not a part of whatever that's happening and it just kind of seemed to go full force by 2018 and then during the pandemic is when everything really got exposed because the parents were sitting there listening to their child's lessons plans or hearing what these teachers are saying and what they're teaching their kids. And that's really when it was exposed and it blew up within the United States, I believe. And then last year, all it took was our founder, Jamie, to put out one tweet. And my wife had been following her for a long time. Same with I. My wife saw it and she's just like, there's a lesbian who thinks like us. And then two weeks later, we joined. Cool. Awesome. Um, I don't mean to laugh. That was just, uh, it's, that's, that's a, a common phrase. I'm hearing a lot of that, not just within the LGBT community, but it's like, it's like finally someone who thinks like me, finally, who's someone who seems to be like just open-minded and trying to just kind of figure things out and trying to think, you know, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, I've never heard anyone uh, mention that parents were actually like the ones sounding the horn. Um, and with the title gays against groomers, I kind of have to ask this because I'm going to get blowback from people who are, how do I put this? People are so convinced that there is no such thing as grooming, that there's no grooming going on. It's a, it's a right wing conspiracy theory. It's rage rhetoric. It's hate speech. It's violence, whatever how much to what proportion has the grooming actually like been going on? Are the, are the teachers really big culprits here or are they just kind of like following orders? Like how, how bad do you think the problem of grooming in particular is? Do you go on TikTok? Have you seen I, the new I, pictures? You know, <laughs> I have a TikTok. I do have a TikTok. Plethora. Yeah. There's a plethora of them out there that do, really believe in this. It has come down from the government. So part of it is the government subsidizes and give financial um, incentives for these schools to teach these lessons that they put forth, to teach the gender ideology, to teach all of the CRT and everything else. So if the school teaches it, they're getting financial kickback for it. So that is one push. The other push is everybody is scared to offend the gays. Right. Offend me. Offend me. You're not going to offend me. Why? Because I'm Gen X. You're not. You're never going to offend me. And most of the people I know. So. Yeah, you Gen Xers are unstoppable. I got I to say that about you guys. I'm, I think I'm one. Yeah, I think I'm definitely millennial. Um, and millennials are all over the place. But Gen Xers, you guys are like the lost generation. There's nothing that can stop you guys. It's insane. Yeah, pretty much. But with this. It does have a lot to do with what's going on in the schools, because especially within here in California, they do have it within their policy that teachers are allowed to keep all information away from their parents. Say a child is in second grade and comes to school one day and says, I'm a boy. My name is Tom. And it was Jane, a little girl saying that. Well, the teacher now has to affirm it. Call Jane, the little girl. Now Tom, the little boy. For as long as they feel like that and they're not at obligation or they cannot openly say it to the parents. So they're withholding a lot of information. They're withholding a lot of the curriculum. There's a lot of the curriculum that I do know it's a policy within California. I'm not sure about the rest of the nation where you can go in as a parent 
and read the entire curriculum that's set forth for your kid's grade and their class. You're not allowed to take photos. You're not allowed to take copies because it's considered a copyright issue with mm. the people who write the curriculum. But you can go in there and you can read it. And I always encourage parents to do that because that's going to be eye-opening for you. Some people just don't want to get out of a chamber and they don't want to hear it. But put mm. me in front of them one-on-one -on -one, and I will be able to talk to them and tell them, look, they are teaching this in your classrooms. They are you know, pushing it upon kids. Parents aren't allowed to opt their kids out of this type of sexual education. And it does start in kindergarten. Like they, that's when they start introducing it now. Kindergarten? When, kindergarten, they start introducing what are pronouns. Oh my God. People. Some people are trans. What does trans mean? Some people are gay. What does gay mean? So they're starting oh. to like put that into their brains. And as a child, you are not overtly sexual. You do not have that in your head. Somebody has to plant it there for you. And that is what we consider grooming. You are planting a sexual type idea, like ideal. Uh, I can't even speak today. Okay. Idea within their head before they are ready to understand what it actually means. Yeah. yeah. That's just going to start questions, which are going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. That is grooming. So now when they get to first grade, you're going to take it a step further. You're going to keep building upon that grooming. And by the time they're in fifth grade, they're now 11, sixth grade, they're now around 12. Yeah. They, California is passing it to where they are officially their own entity when it comes to their medicalization of themselves. Oh they can walk into a Planned Parenthood and read a pamphlet, sign a piece of paper and walk out on hormones or puberty blockers or whatever it is. So that is, it's, it's really scary without the yeah, parents' consent, without the parents even knowing all of a sudden their little girl is growing a beard and they have no idea why that so. is that is unbelievable um you know i i wasn't gonna bring this up this this wasn't you know in my little bullet points here that i wrote down but i have a friend who i who i really admire and i, I respect a lot and um he he has a relative who used to work in curriculum uh in in california and she would raise all kinds of red flags about this kind of stuff. And, you know, the, they're pretty conservative, very Christian, you know, kind of traditional folks. And um, that's why she got out of the business. But uh, the type of stuff that she was saying and the type of thing that he was drawing a lot of conclusions at the time. And he said that they kept throwing around the word comprehension. We have to get the these children to a point where they can comprehend their gender. They can comprehend sex. They can comprehend this. Because if they can comprehend it, then they can accurately consent or not consent. You know what I mean? And when he said that, it, it really kind of scared me. Because as soon as those words came out of his mouth, my brain went to, oh, they're trying to get children to have an idea of what happens in a sexual encounter. And then it, it just, the slippery slope is just kind of emerging and i can see where they can use this to slowly start justifying well you know this kid has a comprehension of sex because we taught him or her that in school and now they can consent to it's just an easy a really easy way to justify normalizing pedophilia and that's yes. that's a really hard thing to say um it's hard to say because it's hard to think about it makes me physically uncomfortable um but it's also hard to say because, you know, the second you voice that, the whole internet just jumps on you and says, oh, well, you're a transphobe, you're a this phobe, you're a that phobe. But 
Do you do you think that's where they're going to go? Do you think it's going to be something to that started. effect? It has started already started. started? Yeah. Oh so God. right now they're trying to give kids and say kids have bodily autonomy, which means that they can do whatever with their body without their parents' consent, without legal repercussions to whoever it is. And that even goes as far as sexual encounters with people who are above age. So it's already started. Um, the rollback that happened, I believe it was a year and a half ago, that was proposed by Scott Weiner, um, decriminalized from a felony down to a misdemeanor. So it is now a non-incarcerable offense if you are within, I think it's uh, 10 years if it's same sex and... I think it's seven years if it's a uh, male, female. Oh, wow. With a minor, as long as it's not like vagina and penis, if it's like mm. anything to do with anything else, it's non chargeable. It's a misdemeanor. I think Before, I, I, think I saw that. you're incarcerated. I think I saw so, the article about that when, it came, when that came down the pipe. Yeah. Yeah, and now the other part of that, too, is if a child goes to their teacher and they say, I'm not comfortable in my house because my parents won't affirm my gender, there's um, AB 957 right now that uh, just passed, I think, committee and now is going to Senate in California where it will allow the government or schools to remove the children from the homes of the parents regardless of how well the child is taken care of, if the parents do not affirm them and put them into a housing. The housing right now that they're trying to set up is basically kind of like a foster care, but these people are not vetted. They're not ran through the system. And so it just opens a door to child sex trafficking, which has already been shown to be happening in a few other states with the same type of bill or same type of program going on. So that's another thing that we're trying to fight against. And what does it start with? It all starts by teaching kids at an inappropriate age what sex and sexuality are yeah, and grooming them into this. Me growing up, I was a hardcore tomboy. Hardcore tomboy. Like if I grew up today, they would have told me or had me convinced that I would be a trans man. Yeah. And I would not, I was never comfortable with my body until I got into my twenties and I was like, okay, this is what I got. I'm going to work with it. But back then I was all kind of, nobody likes puberty. Nobody, little boys, little girls, nobody likes it. Yeah, but it's not a fun boy, time. he doesn't like to play sports and he likes to kind of hang out with all his girlfriends or he likes to play jump rope or whatever have you. Well, then he must be a little girl. Mm. So now they're putting it and planting it in it in the head of the kids that, oh, you don't fit this stereotype. You must be the opposite gender. Do you feel like a boy or a girl? And they'd be like, I don't know, I guess a girl, because I don't like sports and I'm a little boy. Mm. Oh, well, now you're a little girl and we're going to start treating you as yeah. yeah, it's so scary. I think are working it as well. Yeah, yeah. And the way that they're weaponizing the schools to do it is just so, so insidious to me because Children, in addition to being, you know, I don't have any kids, so I'm kind of speaking just from like observation and, and hearsay. But not only are they very impressionable and very spongy, they take in everything, but they are also looking for validation from us, from the adults. They're looking to the people who 
seemingly have all the right answers and the people who they're supposed to trust to validate them. So, you know, with again, with words like, you know, comprehension and, uh, you know, you can you can affirm yourself or whatever, you know, all it's going to take is is one is one person to say, well, hey, you have a comprehension of this now, right? You learned it in school. And that kid is going to hear that tone in that adult's voice and say, well, I want to impress this adult. I want to please this adult because that's what kids do. And they're just going to fall into that trap. You know, I just saw um, The Sound of Freedom, the movie. Have you heard of it? We saw it too. Yeah, it's making a lot of waves. And that is, it's just so absolutely terrifying that that is, that has not only reached our shores here in America, but it's been here seemingly for a while. And now we're, we are potentially coming up to a place where not only is it going to be on our shores, it's going to be like legalized. It's looking like that's where we're headed, which is so disgraceful and so, so scary as a guy who doesn't have kids, but wants them, you know, it's like who in their right mind would, um, would man this is heavy it's getting heavy i'm gonna shake it off after a while i mean we've been doing this for a little over a year and it never gets easier but it just keeps you wanting to fight harder it keeps you wanting to do more we don't have kids ourselves but we have our nephew um my nephew is just about to turn 14 and when me and my wife got married, I he was five. So I basically helped raise him. And he chose to opt himself out of the, his last year of middle school and just do online learning like he did during the pandemic because his friends were telling him what was going on in classroom. And he's just like, I'm not comfortable with that. But now that wow. he's going to be going to high school, he's like, I don't want to miss out on my high school experience. But sure, sure. he knows what his aunties do. He knows like, but he knew about, this isn't okay from the beginning. We didn't have to teach him that because mm-hmm. he can comprehend right from wrong, which is the same thing about a five-year-old. They can comprehend right and wrong, but why? Because their parents taught them right from wrong. Right. So comprehension only goes as far as what you're taught. Society will help you kind of like ground that just in the natural evolution of nature, but you can only comprehend things that you're taught, whether you're five or 20. Yeah, you have to be exposed to it in order to to really grasp something. I was just going to say, we have a friend here and I actually met him on TikTok and I didn't realize he was in Long Beach until we were both going to go to this same event of some sort. And we're just like, oh my God. But so he, his wife is a child abuse survivor. I am as well, which is why I'm so passionate about this. And I know about grooming because the rhetoric that they're using is the same thing that was done on me. Starting at five. So I I see the patterns. I don't outwardly go out and say it all over the place anymore, but that's where I can see it. And I'm just like, okay. Parents are telling me it's okay. Adults are supposed to be trusted. Adults tell me what what I'm supposed to do or what Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to like. And it just leads up from there. So I'm just like, it's the same thing, different words. Um, But he started his own like to catch a predator thing going on here in Long Beach and um, surrounding areas. He's already had in a little under a year, 87 arrests, 60 something. convictions, And he is just small time potatoes, like just doing pictures, like nothing videos. I don't know if you've ever seen um, undercover, underage undercover on discovery. 
Um, so there's this whole other organization called SOSA. It's a sex offender something, but they work with police departments and it's a whole like basically female ran organization. They are like pro, like they get all of their um, decoys. They all look super young. They build like a whole bed for them, go the nine yards. Um, But my wife and I want to start partnering with our friend here in Long Beach and LA County and be able to go even further because that's something that I'm super like, yes, this needs to happen because just seeing that and just, it's just getting so bad. Yeah. And now these predators are to the point where they are emboldened Mm. to where that oh it doesn't matter you know soon it won't be illegal yeah and that's or, like what now saying yeah or with how lax the laws are getting especially in california it's like like yeah you'll you'll arrest me but i'll be out by monday like it's not really you know like that's how that's how a lot of these people are starting to operate but i think yeah with um with the arrival of more people like your friend and like you know programs like that i think they're going to start getting scared to walk down the street as they should there's a, another podcast that I listened to, the Sean Ryan show that I'm a big fan of. Um, and he had a, uh, a hacker on who's also exposing a lot of child predators and stuff. And uh, on the show, on a live show, he got into a chat room in Florida. I think he labeled himself like Ashley female 14, something like that. And within less, less than 60 seconds, he had like, 20 hits three of the guys were in their 40s talking to a a girl that they thought was 14 years old like this is not something that is like a small problem this is this is everywhere it's all over the states um something do you mean oh go ahead well i was actually going to move on to my next question if you wanted to continue on that one yeah side thing real quick so one thing that we are working on doing is um also exposing trevor space i don't know if you heard about them trevor project um, basically, Project. it's an organization that was founded and basically sponsored by every big name that you could possibly think of in the entire world. Clinton, Soros, BlackRock, like every oh, cool. big corporation. Yeah, all the, all the friends, all the good people. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's for the LGBTQIA plus whatever else is left out there. And it's supposed to be a suicide prevention site. Um, I've had an undercover account for six months within my first one hour i had three people hit me up and i said that i was a trans girl like i was a little boy who transitioned to a girl and they want to go to discord well discord is an encrypted server so you don't it all goes through multiple vpns so you can't Mm -hmm. trace a person all of them wanted to see me on video cam before they would continue talking to me so and i haven't been active on it in like a month and a half, I'm still getting messages every single day. Same thing. Wow. Yeah, Discord. Discord, you have a Discord. And I literally just have like an anime character on my profile. Like I don't even have pictures up. Yeah. Same. Well, so that's easy. something I'm working on. Um, okay. My next one is a it's a little bit lighter. Um, you know, with as far as grooming goes and as far as like the trans community goes, um, the question is phrased a little bit weird. it's I said I wanted to ask you if you think this is sort of a phase, so to speak, um, for the LGBTQ community. And the reason I phrased it like that is because all of the 
scenes kind of go through phases. I mean, rock and roll had hair bands and then it was grunge or punk. And then it was kind of like boy bands. And so like, like all the industries, NASCAR had certain like phases that they went through. They all kind of do their own thing. Do you think the, the gay community or the LGBTQ community will sort of grow out of this for lack of a better word? Or do you think it's kind of here to stay because there's, there's influence from not, the community it seems like there's influence from like up here there's like weird people pulling the strings and the community is sort of the scapegoat that's what it seems like to me that's exactly what it is mm. any of those other trends were they funded by the government was the any government of the any of those other trends were they funded by the government so heavily were they able to make money off of those trends mm. each child that they transition at 12 years old whether they have any side effects, anything else, even if they don't have surgery, if they go on hormones for the rest of their life, they're $1.2 billion. Oh my God. That is a lot of money. Yeah. And that's not saying that that child had gender reassignment surgery. That's not saying that they went on puberty blockers first. A good majority of all of these kids that go on puberty blockers develop extreme side effects, osteoporosis, bone density loss, their bones and joints aren't fusing together properly. So they're having all these side effects. And just for all your watchers, puberty blockers are not reversible. It has already been stated multiple times in many, many lab reports. Many doctors have stated the same thing. But $1.2 million. In the last two and a half years, we've had a fourth out. Oh no, they just upped it. 4,500% increase in young girls under the age of 17 saying that they are trans boys and be put onto medicalization. So HRT, cross-sex hormones. And if they do that starting at age 12, by 15, they're getting mastectomies. Oh my God. That's why you see a lot of detransitioners happening. You have to let a child grow up and really figure out who they are the frontal lobe, the frontal cortex doesn't stop growing and your brain isn't fully formed until you're at least 25, somewhere around yeah. 20. They actually and- pushed that number back as well. I, I was listening to a doctor just the other day. Um, and like when we were growing up, the consensus was uh, boys tend to be fully developed at like 24. Girls tend to be fully developed at about 20. Nowadays, it seems more like guys' brains are fully developed at like maybe 28 um, and girls usually, you know, 26, somewhere around that ballpark. But, you know, most of us get well into our twenties and we're still trying to figure out what planet we're on. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're still trying to figure out how to talk and interact with other humans. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a fully developed member of society until I was at least 27, you know, uh, yeah. and these kids, the idea that, um, you know, that someone with uh, blue hair and a God complex is like reaching into these kids' minds and just saying like, I know what's best for you is just so, so disgusting to me. So, um, And all of it without really the parents knowing about it because a school counselor can be considered a trusted source to recommend to go to clinics to get the therapies. Right now, Planned Parenthood has taken a huge step back because they've been exposed so much by so many people that they're now referring people to other clinics that will help. Hmm. We may have something coming out very, very soon. 
about that. And the thing that I always like to think about is what type of crazy trends did I do in high school that I regret? Like, I'm so glad that I was in the 90s because there's not video or photo evidence of a lot of it. Sure. Um, goth was a trend. Yeah. And then there was, like, eating disorders was a trend. And then there was pregnancy was a trend. Yep. And then there was, it was just, like, never ending. <clears throat> but never did we have, like, psychologists and therapists saying, oh, uh, so you see so-and-so had a baby and, you know, she's getting all that attention and now you want to have a baby. Okay. Let's go get you pregnant or right. oh, you have an eating disorder and, you know, you don't feel skinny enough, even though you weigh 98 pounds, let's go get you a gastric bypass. Like yeah. we don't see that happening, but we're seeing that happening within this one particular category. And it's mainly because money can be made off of it. And that may be my own personal opinion, but you know, the statistics and the reports seem to be true. There are yeah. so many, even from Switzerland, which is the longest running study that they found and have, because it's over a course of 30 years where they followed trans children being affirmed as young as like 16, I believe all the uh -huh. way up through the next 30 years. Some of them, um, may have not wanted to keep in touch with the report. Some of them may have passed away. Some of them may have detransitioned, um, yeah. what have you, but the results are not good. It is showing, and even new statistics within the United States are showing that, you know, the mental health rate of affirming a child's transition too early is actually causing more severe mental distress, more mental disorders, more suicidal ideation. Yeah, the suicide rate was well into the 40%, um, I think four yeah. or five years ago, and I think it's higher now. So it's not, it not like leveling out. Like, it's not like this is like, oh, it was experimental for a while and it'll get better. It's like, it kind of peaked and then got worse and it's, it's just getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's there seems to be no, um, no real silver lining here. And, and to, for the record, you know, and I want to make this very clear. It's, it's clear to me that gender dysphoria is a real thing. I've got trans friends, but you know, you can kind of tell this is going to be a little controversial, but you can kind of tell the ones who are actually struggling with gender dysphoria. And the reason you can tell, at least for me, just from my personal experience, those people they raise the money or they get the insurance to cover it. They, they get their surgery. Um, they do their hormones and then they shut the fuck up and continue on with their lives. These people don't want soap boxes and attention and, you know, to, for their faces to be plastered everywhere. They want to feel like they are in the body that they belong in. And then they want to carry on with their fucking lives and just enjoy themselves. You know, just like, um, <laughs> just like, just like the rest of them, you know, and the, other, and the other thing that I can say about who you're describing, I've had plenty of them be my closest friends since I was 12. You know, I've had plenty of be family members. They have gone through immense amount of therapy and, you know, a whole process before even yeah. deciding to do that because they want yeah, you to don't just cannonball them. into it. Yeah my very first first best friend who came out as trans was she was 17 and i was 12. it was my best friend's older brother came out as a trans woman 
and had to do at least three years of social transition, two years of mandatory therapy, and then was finally, after that whole three-year span, was able to start taking hormones because they wanted to make sure that it was right. And even now that people will affirm it, most people with gender dysphoria, they don't want to rush into it. They're just like, okay, let me figure out what's going on why I'm feeling that way. Whereas now it's just so fast-tracked. And again, having that cognitive dissonance dissonance, and also comprehension within kids, if you're Mm -hmm. telling them it's okay, it must be okay. So I don't feel comfortable in my skin. Oh, you must be the other gender. Okay, well, you know what's best for me because you're an adult. Sure. So that's where that's coming in. The only other problem that I have right now and have been having is what we like to call the trans housing by proxy parents. So... For some reason, it always seems to be um, white liberal women. Sorry, listeners, yep. but it's true. No, no, no. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> like, I used to be a liberal and I am white, so I can sure. say that. <laughs> um, they may not necessarily fit in with society or things that are going on right now. And then all of a sudden, their little girl likes to play with a truck and she's four years old. Oh, I have a trans child. Let me parade her around now. Yeah, my little girl is now a little boy, and I feel special. I'm accepted into this community. Other kids, it seems to be, and again, when it comes to this part, this is like my own thoughts on this. Is like with if you look at CRT starting to be taught within schools, and then correlate it to when the trans explosion happened, and then the demographic of the amount of kids who are claiming to be trans or non-binary or a fairy or a frog or whatever they have now. Um, It tends to be more of white kids. Yeah. Well, they were just demonized for their skin color. And now what is the one protected class that they can't get bullied from? LGBTQIA, everything else. So there's a correlation. Yeah. I didn't, I, I hadn't gotten down that rabbit hole yet. That's, that's a really that's a really crazy observation and an important one i guess because that's that's another thing that i i just get so bothered by when you know i, I had a, a friend on a while ago who's a, a dear friend i love her to death but uh she she mentioned in our conversation you know there's a lot of a lot of rights that trans people don't have and why don't trans people have rights and i asked her i said well which ones and i wasn't trying to cause any trouble i was like well which i mean what are they what are they fight look if people need rights and don't have them i'm a pro-freedom dude i want people to have their rights so i said which ones which rights are missing among the trans community and she got very very angry with me and it was a very simple question and i was not trying to start a fight with it but it's like these we're talking about the most protected class of human beings probably in the history of human beings you know there's it's almost like the new religion it's like you know when i was growing up i was catholic and, uh, you know, you walked into a Catholic church and you bought, you averted your eyes. You don't look at the thing. You do the thing. You know, it's, it's you're very it's almost mm. like there's a fear instilled in you and you have to just have the utmost respect for for where you're at and what you're doing. And that's what people are like among trans people now. It's almost like whatever the trans community is doing, you just avert your eyes and just, OK, that's the new religion. You just let it do what, it, yeah. what it's doing. 
And it's uh, it's so gross to me, especially because like these we're talking about children. People forget that we're talking about the most innocent form of human life. So um, so again, yeah, kudos kudos to you guys. And on that note, actually, um, and you're you, by the way, you're under no obligation to answer any of these questions if you don't want to. But is there a political or religious motive for, for you guys? Or is this, did no. you guys just see something happening in your community and you just wanted to put a stop to it? That's literally it. As gay people and trans people, it is our job to stop it because it's being done in our name. We want to take our good standing in society back because we've already lost the decline in the amount of acceptance that we're having ever since all of this started happening to the nation's children has just been so fast paced and it took us so long to get here that we are not going to let it happen in our name there is no political agenda on it the only thing that we do is we go to legislation to pass bills to keep children safe that's it we go to school boards to help parents keep their kids safe that if you consider that political then that's what you do we're just doing everything to keep kids safe. There is no religious agenda. We have every different type of, you know, from atheist to agnostic to Catholic, Jewish, Christian. And some people, you know, go to church three times a week. Some people don't go to church at all. Some people yeah. are just at home believers. Some people are very far right, far left. Well, actually, we don't have any far left. We have more center left. Yeah, and then you know, there's people like me and my wife who were independent. We left the left and we're not going to go from one thing to another. We're going to make people work for our vote. So there is a, there's literally nothing in our organization that matters more to us that we believe in more than helping save the nation's children from harm done in our name and also protect our good standing name that we have already created. That's our only two missions. That's our only two goals. Nothing well, good else. For you. Do with it. Those are those are good goals to have. And anyone who could who could look at those two goals and 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 try to call them phobic or hateful or violent, um, in in my opinion, is just out of their fucking minds. You know, part pardon my language, but uh, those. I mean, you're protecting kids and you're trying to take back your good name. And and I think, in my opinion. And I think in most people's opinion, you have every single right in the book to do so. Um, Meg, clo closing thoughts. Is there anything you want to touch on before we uh, tie a bow on this puppy? Yeah, definitely. Um, we love all the support that we can possibly get. You know, our main two active places is going to be Twitter and Instagram because every other platform seems to not like us. And you can always visit gazeagainstgroomers.com, find out more information if you're so inclined to donate, or we have an amazing merch store we're constantly adding stuff to. Some people's slogans might have made it on there. Um, but yeah, any type of help, even if it's just retweeting something or spreading the message, always welcome to email me and make at gazeagainstgroomers.com if any parents need any help. We are always here to support and encourage and stand beside the parents to help what's going on within these schools as well. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Meg, thank you so much for being here. This was this was really, really an honor to, to get you to sit down and and kind of uh, tell people where you guys are coming from and just and just have a conversation with me. I really, really was honored to have you on. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us. Um, please yeah, like, so share. Thank you so much oh, for having absolutely. me. Absolutely. You are welcome back here anytime that you want. 
Um, I'm going to plug everything that Meg is talking about uh, in the description of this podcast. Please like, share, download, comment. Go to gaysagainstgroomers.com. Follow them on Instagram and all their socials. Get in the fight because we're talking about kids here, folks. It's not, you know, our time was over. We're, we're adults now and, and people are coming after the nation's youth. So we got to draw our line in the sand. Uh, Meg, thanks so much. Let's uh, let's close this one up. 